Welcome to the 2021 NHL season, baby! Welcome everyone to another episode of the Blade Hockey Podcast, episode 72. Yeah, 72 of these. And uh, on top of that, uh, the last episode that I did of this whole uh, pod was on March 13th which was uh, seven days before I uh, signed for this house that I currently reside in. So, um, yeah, that tells you how fast time flies. And ironically, March 13th would have been exactly two months from the anniversary of the Easy Hockey Review's YouTube channel or just the brand as a whole. Um, so yeah, I work that day. I want to say, yeah, I work that day, but I do plan on doing something, uh, whether it be a game of the night or a blade hockey, uh, blade hockey podcast, I'll be doing something on the 13th, uh, which ironically is on top of, you know, irony is the last um, game for the Blues of the season because um, they uh, that's part of the um, the restructuring of the scheduling because of the whole COVID-19 and protocols and all that but um, yeah I'll be definitely looking forward to doing that uh, next week but uh, until then um, let's dive into what we have at all you already saw the title, so you already know basically what the main event of the old episode is. But uh, it won't actually be the like the last thing I talk about. It'll be the second to last thing I talk about because we're talking about um, standings and all that, um, which actually might need to refresh that because yeah, we haven't clinched yet. Okay, um, so regardless, um, diving in signings. Uh, the Ottawa Senators have re-signed goaltender Anton Forsberg to a one-year $900,000 contract. Um, cool for him. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs have signed undrafted forward Kyril Sim, uh, Simonov uh, to a one-year entry-level contract. Uh, he had 10 goals and 16 assists in 60 games while also being part of that uh, uh, avant-garde Omsk uh, team uh, that won the Gagarin Cup this season, along with St. Louis Blues prospect Clem Costin. Hey, um, so congrats to him. Um, and lastly, which is another thing I didn't really get to talk about. Um, so before getting into, uh, well, I guess I can get into it. So Eddie Olchek currently, um, as it stands, uh, while the NBC deal with the NHL for national broadcasting is coming to an end, thankfully. Uh, I had to ask the question, oh, where's he going to uh, commentate for? Or, you know, uh, for those like myself, I actually do like, you know, his commentating. Um, does he go to ESPN? Where does he go? So because of... Um, so... ESPN has majority of the rights, but also, um, obviously, ESPN doesn't have a lot of channels. So, like, especially around that time when Stanley Cup playoffs 
uh, which first start, like the first round, maybe the second round too, depending on uh, scheduling conflicts. NBC would just push like extra cha- uh, extra games on CNBC, uh, which is normally reserved for like, you know, like business type um, programming or like USA Network and all their other networks. Even the Golf Channel every once in a while uh, would get hockey on there. <laughs> Irony. Um, see who uh, gets to go to the golf course first if they lose. So, um, hey, you know. Um, but with that said, uh, TNT picked up the contract for that and uh, t- just Turner Sports as general in general. So TNT along with probably TBS as well, I would uh, suspect uh, will be playing those types of uh, just those types of games. Uh, they're not going to get any of the national uh, that I am aware of. They're not going to get um, any of the normal regular season games. It's all ESPN and ABC and all that um, since they, you know, own the majority of the national rights. But when it comes to like the playoffs, like the first two rounds of the playoffs for national um, programming, uh, that's will be, that will be, you know, what Turner sports is for. But with that, uh, Eddie Olchek has report, reportedly agreed to a five-year deal with TNT uh, as the main NHL analyst, thankfully. Uh, and Ray Ferraro, uh, Ray Ferraro is in line to become ESPN's lead analyst. Uh, so, also good guy to have. Also, he I want to say he works for TSN too, which is based, which is legitimately just the Canadian version of ESPN. Uh, so. And even they, even they also have Sports Center too. Like ESPN has. The only difference is, is that you know Canadians spell you know center differently than we do because they switch to R E instead of saying C E N T E R. It's C E N T R E, which is weird. Same with how they put a C in the word defense instead of an S. But a, you know, we love you anyway, Canada. But um. <clears throat> That's enough signings, firings. And there's going to be a lot of news in regards to the New York Rangers. So first off, they relieve general manager Jeff Gordon and President John Davidson of their duties, um, which we'll get into uh, the comments that a lot of people might be thinking of why they got uh, they got fired. Uh, you know, the reason why they got fired. Um they say that it wasn't not the case, but it's just coincidentally that this hap- this firings happened right after those uh, that statement came out um, involving the whole Tom Wilson stuff. But we'll get into that uh, toward the end of the episode. But Chris Drury, uh, Chris Drury uh, former Rangers player, uh, assuming the role of general manager and president. So some cost-cutting measures there. Uh, one guy doing the job of two. So we'll see how that does for him. And, um, yeah, that's your, your firings along with hirings. Uh, we got, uh, Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Shane Gosses uh, getting uh, a two game sussy for, uh, boarding, uh, Penguins defenseman, Mark Friedman, dur- uh, during the past, uh, not, I want to say not this past game, but the one before that, but yeah, apparently, uh, which is kind of shitty because, which once again, we'll get into it, but 
he gets two games for what he did, like aborting, you know, like just basically pushing a guy. But Tom Wilson just gets five thousand dollars, uh, a five dollars five thousand dollar fine for things that he uh, he uh, did. Uh, which once again, we'll get into. We'll get into. We'll get there. All right, I promise you, we'll get there. Unless you skipped it ahead, then you already got there. So uh, congratulations for you. Um, but yeah, statistics though. Uh, Spencer Knight uh, is a goaltender for the Florida Panthers. Uh, is the first goaltender in NHL history to start his career 4-0-0. So congratulations to him. Uh, as of the morning of Cinco de Mayo, Pittsburgh Penguins forward Sidney Crosby moved past Alex Ovechkin for 34th in all-time play, uh, points list. So congrats to Sid. Um, and as of the morning of Cinco de Mayo, he was three points behind Gilbert Perot. Uh, at 33, uh, Turgeon, uh, uh, 1327, and then 31st overall, Mike Gardner, at 1335. And uh, Alex Ovechkin had, at the morning of Cinco de Mayo, 1320, while Sid had 1323. So, um, getting the milestones. Speaking of milestones, <clears throat> Uh, this Monday's Ducks versus Blues game, uh, David Perron hit four, four uh, milestones for his career, all hitting century marks as well. So not only on his 900th NHL overall games, uh, games played, also hits 600 games as a blue, hits 600 points in the NHL overall and 400 points as a blue. So, can't. I mean, I'm just saying, if he planned it that way, then man, he, you know, he's money. But it's just funny that on his 900th NHL game, he hits 600 games as a blue. He hits 600 points in the NHL, and then he also hits 400 points as a blue. So maddening, definitely maddening. But um, and I also failed to mention. Um, during the, uh, yesterday's video for the, um, game of the night versus, uh, for the ducks and blues, uh, game on Wednesday that, uh, still technically the blues have not lost in regulation in the blue in the, not the reverse retro. If you're watching the video version, uh, the reverse retro trumpet Jersey, like the, the actual blue trumpet jersey still undefeated in regulation and overtime they lost in a shootout so overtime undefeated and regulation undefeated so bring it back again next year Eh? and if not can we if you're watching the video version i have the uh the logo that the Blues had for their arch jerseys that they used to have um, back when TJ Oshie was still part of the Blues. If they, yeah, if they could bring one of, uh, you know, if they're thinking about doing a throwback jersey again for, you know, one of the other jerseys that they've worn before, please make an Addy Zero version of that. Please and thank you. Signed myself. Uh, but yeah, please do that. And congrats to David Prawn for hitting all of his milestones. 
But um, not a congratulations. Definitely far from a congratulations. Um, Vancouver Canucks having to deal with all the COVID bullshit and now having to deal with allegations made against Jake Bertanen um, for sexual misconduct and um, that he is uh, allegedly done. They have not necessarily said anything else other than that he's just been uh, um, accused. He, uh, their statement reads that we have become aware of concerning allegations made against uh, made about Jake Bertanen. Our organization does not accept sexual misconduct of any kind, and the claims as reported are being treated very seriously by us. We have engaged in ex- external expertise to assist in an independent investigation investigation and we have placed the play the player not naming his name anymore on leave as we wait more information so as far as i know there hasn't been really much more information that's came out yet but um at least it's kind of like being like hey we're not going to just straight up just cut the guy but at the same time we're not going to you know keep letting him play out there and you know so he's just kind of in purgatory at this point, but uh, it's good to get the fact, uh, kind of wait to get the fact straight before you start, you know, doing what, you know, a lot of people do the second those things come out and just straight up, just be like, nope, done. He don't, don't care if, you know, if he did it or actually did it or not, just done, you know? So putting them on the back burner at the moment. Uh, Milan Lucic of the Calgary Flames, uh, has waived his no movement clause in order to remain unprotected in the expansion draft. Uh, not to say that the uh, the Seattle Kraken this summer are going to pick up Malang Lucic over any of the other players that will be unprotected uh, for the Calgary Flames. But at the very at the very least, it will allow him to you know be you know a selection along with allowing the Flames to protect someone else because if you have a no movement clause, you have to be protected. So at least he's being a nice guy. It doesn't have to be because it's in his contract, but thankfully, you know, for their sake that he is and, you know, and who knows, maybe for them, uh, maybe for the Calgary flames, maybe it's uh, maybe the Kraken, you know, pick him up and see, you know, get some grit, you know, especially it'll be in the same division as the flames as well as a uh well not even to say the flames are a heavy team more or less like a, a vegas or a, um an la uh now that they have um brendan lemieux uh or a sharks team um well i can't even really say sharks are even that heavy either but but definitely vegas you know being the biggest the biggest heavy hitter on there they're gonna want to um, especially since Vegas isn't giving up anybody in the expansion draft, they're they're gonna want to come out of the gate hot like Vegas did. So um, who knows? Maybe Milan Lucic would be a good pickup for him, but we'll see. Uh, speaking of heavy hitters, uh, Tyler Pertuzzi of the Detroit Red Wings underwent successful back surgery um, uh, on the 30th of April. And he's expected to return at the start of the 2021-2022 season, which we hope everything will be back, be back to normal. None of this uh, new normal stuff will be back to, you know, the way things were. And, uh, or at least a modified way of uh, things 
the way things were. So um, hopefully fans back in the stands to full capacities, the full 82-game season, the way it's supposed to be, at least in some capacity. Um, but, yeah, good good for uh, Taylor Bertuzzi and the Red, Red Wings, and hopefully uh, has a good start next year. Um, and before we get into the whole Tom Wilson shit here, um, a tweet from uh, Molly Walker on uh, Twitter saying, uh, let's recap the uh, New York Rangers this season uh, so far, shall we? Uh, Tony D'Angelo, that piece of shit, and, uh, and uh, Gorgiev have a fight. Leads to second, the, the second highest paid defenseman's exile from the league, basically. Artemi Panarin taking leave of absence to deal with an, the aftermath of a political hit piece from Russia saying that he beat up a, a teenage girl, uh, which it looked to be uh, a false, um, which is good to see. Uh, the whole Tom Wilson fiasco that we'll be talking about. And also because, which I'm going to say that the reason why they got fired is because of the statement that they put out. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, um, their president and uh, general manager got fired with three games left in the season. So, which with three games left in the season, that definitely just straight up tells you, yeah, it was because of the uh, the comments. It wasn't because of how the team played or how it, they missed the playoffs. No, if it was because of that, you would have waited until the season was over. But no, you didn't. You waited until legitimately the day after that thing came out. So, but yeah. So without further ado, let's just let's just rip the bandage off of this Tom Wilson bullshit here. So Tom Wilson, not only as what I want to say, it was either complete hockey news or over the boards or one of the other hockey pages I follow on Facebook. I apologize if I get uh, wrong or not. Um, if I didn't credit you, I apologize. But know that if 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 one of you that actually did put that out there on on Facebook, I want to credit you and if you are listening to this or watching this please put your put you know the right credentials in the comments below on the youtube on the youtube page at least thank you um but basically saying hey um yeah tom wilson basically pedigreed you know you know for those that know you know triple h from wwe and his finishing move the pedigree basically you know uh, putting him into the uh, the ice face down along with basically punching him while his freaking head's on the ground along with taking uh, Artemi Panarin out of action for basically the remainder of the season. Um, and, you know, Tom Wilson doing Tom Wilson things, being a real piece of shit. Uh, but it's not even necessarily that he did the piece of shit things. Cause we all know that that's what he does, but he only got fined $5,000 and it wasn't even, they didn't even mention the Artemi Pernera and stuff. No, it was just because they, he roughed uh, Pavel Busnevich and uh, a thread from Twitter. So, Tom Wilson gets fined $5,000, uh, which is the maximum allowable under CBA, blah, 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 blah. Okay. 
April 1st, April Fool's Day. Uh, Nathan McKinnon for the Colorado Avalanche gets fined $5,000 for unsportsmanlike conduct uh, against Connor Garland. So $5,000 for throwing his helmet, uh, Connor Garland's own helmet at him right in the face, just throwing it. That's $5,000. All right, I can see that. Connor McDavid on the 31st, the day before, the 31st of March, uh, fined $5,000 for elbowing, just elbowing, just Barry Cook and Yemi. So tell me, tell me how what Tom Wilson did is only worth $5,000 and no sussy, along with the fact that he's a repeat offender. He's a repeat offender for being a repeat offender for being a repeat offender. And as I said earlier in the show as well, freaking Shane Gossespierre, and as far as I know, he's not a repeat offender of anything, gets suspended for two games for just boarding somebody. But Tom Wilson, along with the fact that it was, you know, announced to me, uh, yeah, unannounced to me that apparently Tom Wilson's also the Washington Capitals' NHLPA rep. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it or along with the fact that George Peros, who's the leader of, you know, the head of NHL player safety, who also used to be that guy, um, you know, it's, it's some, it's, it's ridiculous. I'll, I'll say that, but it gets better. <laughs> and, when, and when I mean it gets better, I mean, it actually gets worse. Because the statement for in the Rangers, legit, and and the Rangers actually sent this out in an official press statement, verbatim. This is what they said: The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate actions and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season, even though they only had like three games left. But that's neither here nor there. We view that this is a dereliction, a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety, George Peros. And believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. I want to be put on record. That statement <laughs> verbatim is a hundred percent true. Hundred percent true. And honestly, anyone that wants to be like, oh, you know, trying trying to be like, oh, you'd want this guy on the, on your team. Honestly, if I had Tom Wilson on my team, I'd honestly be very, very embarrassed to have him on my team. And I'm thankful that he's not. I'm really thankful that he's not. And honestly, if I was a Washington Capitals fan, I'd be really wishing that he wasn't at this point because that puts a lot of negative press on your team. I know all, all press is good press and all that, like they say, but... You know, like, and you want to use the excuse of, oh, you'd, you know, 
you need enforcers, you need this and that. It's one thing if he's doing that to, you know, protect his guys, or he's doing that to, you know, be, you know, what an enforcer is supposed to be. Instead of A, knowing that the league is, you know, as they say now, soft and more skill-based than it used to than it used to be, where there's not that one guy on each team like they used to be, that their only purpose is to fight people and be an enforcer. And he knows this and he takes advantage of this and he even clear as day. You can like you can find on YouTube most definitely a compl a compilation of him doing these acts of like minutes or like damn near minutes after a puck you know leaves a player, he'll just straight up just out of the blue, just like blindside hit, freaking take him out. And it's absolutely unreal. And you like, yeah, no. And anyone that backs up Tom Wilson, sorry. You know, we might agree on a lot of things, especially in hockey, but that's one thing we definitely won't um, agree on because that is absolutely ridiculous. And you can, and you can use the whole, you know, hockey used to be this and that all you want. Yeah. You said it, it used to be, it's not now. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, doesn't work now. Doesn't. So, um, yeah, the, the NHL definitely dropped the ball and they dropped the ball so much that the Rangers were fined a quarter of a million dollars for the, those, those words that they said about George Peros and the NHL department, department of player safety. And with that, Gary Bettman comes out to say, public comments of this nature issued by the Rangers that were impersonal in nature and demeaning of a league executive will not be tolerated. Uh, while we don't expect our clubs to agree with every decision rendered by the Department of Player Safety, the extent to which the Rangers expressed their disagreement was unacceptable. It is terribly unfair to question George Paris's professionalism and dedication to this role in the Department of Player Safety. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Gary Bettman, man. I, ah, this league. <laughs> this league, man. And like, this could have happened like any worse time coming out of a pandemic along with new TV deal and you're trying to get new eyes on the product and this is the shit that new eyes are going to be saying they're like oh what a sick uh, as to, you know quote you know the spit and chicklets what a sick league right yeah <laughs> and not the good sick either like they um, definitely be dropping some balls. And um, yeah, I, I, when this all, when, and once again, this is why I'm glad I wait for stuff like this, like wait like a day or two to report on it. Cause if I, if I was doing it like right as it came out, I'd be like lashing out. I'm like, oh, yeah freaking spitting fire and you know not making a lot of sense even though even in calm tone I'll, I'll sometimes not make a lot of sense but um 
Yeah, that's why you gotta let things simmer like this because it's it's ridiculous. And honestly, not really much else to say um, about it. But I will say this though: if you uh, go on Twitter and you find uh, John Scott's uh, video that he put out about the whole situation, hundred uh, percent back uh, back every word he said, hundred um, percent. Freaking, and and even him used to be that type of guy. Or at least not the type of guy like Tom Wilson in a sense for the most part. I mean, yeah, I know he's done some shady shit too. But you could use the excuse with him that it was that type of hockey back then. Um, maybe, maybe not so much like the tail end of his career, but, you know, um, for the most part it was. So could use that excuse with him. But, you know, at least he will say now it doesn't fly. So... Take it with what you will. But enough of this tragic shit and talk about something tragic, but also, you know, happy. So uh, DJ Oshi uh, lost his lost his father. Um, I think it was last Tuesday or um, fairly recently. Um, and in that game where they had legitimately like all these fights and like just the first five minutes of the game between the Rangers and the uh, uh, Capitals, the first game after the Tom Wilson shit happening, um, which I will say it was shitty that um, the Rangers were targeting Oshi um, after that happened which was also his first, ironically, his first game back after the death of his father, um, which was pretty shitty to happen uh, for him. But he scored a hat trick for his dad in his first game back and uh, definitely a heartfelt story there. And uh, hope that uh, Oshie's uh, doing okay. And uh, lastly, before we wrap up, uh, going around the league and seeing the playoff situations. So, first off, the Central Division, uh, Carolina, Tampa, and Florida all have their uh, tickets punched to the big dance, at least the, uh, the, the tournament to the big dance. Um, leaving that fourth, because we're not doing wild cards this year. So, it's just the top four in each division. So Nashville currently occupies that spot. However, they have two games left in the season at 60 points. Dallas has three games left with four points out. So it's it's currently in Dallas's like the chips are on the table for Dallas. Like they have bit, basically have to win every game. Um so mathematically, if Nashville was to win their next two which would put them at 64 wins. Oh, no, 64 points on the season. Um, and if Dallas win their next three, so 58, 60, 62. So it's basically, basically 62 and you're in because Nashville has the regulate, uh, has just the pure win count. Um, to basically just brute force their way in. As long as they win their next game, they're basically in because uh, Dallas has an awful lot of overtime losses to account for. 
So, yeah, it's, it's basically all but sealed and delivered for Nashville. Now, if they lose all their games, you know, there's a very well good chance that Dallas could very well find themselves in the playoffs, but we'll see. Um, as for the West Division, we'll, we'll, we'll get back to West Division. Uh, East Division, Washington, Pittsburgh, Boston, and the Islanders all locked up their spots. So the East is figured out. So it's the only division that's actually figured out at the moment. Um, the North Division, <laughs> whew, um, Toronto, Edmonton, and Winnipeg all locked up their spots. Montreal uh, has n- surprisingly not locked up their spot yet. It's basically sealed and delivered for them. They have 57 points. Uh, the only team behind them is Calgary, and Calgary has 47 points. Now they have five games left. So if they were to win all of those, 49, 51, 53, 55. Well, they have five. Yeah, 57. So I guess that's why they haven't really locked it up because if Montreal lost all their games and Calgary won all of theirs, then they'd be in. But, you know, it all depends on... But you'd also have to consider that if Montreal were to lose all those in regulation, then Calgary would be in if they won all their games. Now, Montreal could lose all their games and Calgary lose all their games and Montreal still makes it. So I'll say it's probably like a 95% chance. Well, I'd say a 99.9% chance that Montreal is going to make it. So you could basically seal and deliver to Montreal. Canadians are going to make the playoffs this year. Now, with the the West Division, Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota all locked up their, their spots, which now leaves the St. Louis Blues... Uh, on the table now. Arizona holds fifth place, but they're eliminated from the playoff contention. However, the LA Kings, who are sixth place, are not. The Blues and uh, LA Kings both have 51 games played on the season. Um, now, the Blues have 56 points, and the LA Kings have 48 now, the Blues have five games left. Same with L.A. Um, so, say the Blues, if the Blues were to win all of theirs, all their, uh, well, if they were to just lose all their games in regulation, right? And L.A. were to win all of theirs. So, 48, 50, 50, 52, 54, 56, 58. So the only way that L.A. makes the playoffs is if the Blues lose in regulation every game for the remainder of the season. I'm not hoping that. I'm hoping the Blues do the opposite and win all their games, preferably in regulation, which, which I guess at this point doesn't really matter because, you know, they're, they're going to end up still being fourth place anyway. But like I, I've been harping on, a lot this season is that the blues 
need to be careful about regulation plus overtime wins because there's ever a tying scenario if they're lower or at least you know when regulation plus overtime wins is a tiebreaker they could still find their way out of the playoff picture which i'd rather not have but um at least a baseball fan of me would be hopeful of that, but that's a little bit, that's like a small bit of me because majority of me is all hockey because hockey is number one. Uh, it's the number one sport. So uh, I'm, I'm really pulling for the blues and hopefully that they, uh, they do it now. Yes. I have a, I have a Vegas flag on the wall. Yes. Um, but Hey, they're that side piece. All right. They're, they're that, they're they're there you know once once all, all reliable ain't you know ain't cutting it um so if you know if the blues find their way out well you already know who i'm going to be vote, voting for but blues all the way um and hopefully maybe they can pull a magic you know 2019 type of uh you know play out their asses and uh go all the way but we'll see I mean, we still have got time so Although another thing that I didn't mention in yesterday's episode is that I uh, it was it was single the mile yesterday, which you know how Facebook gives you the whole um, on this day thing where you know it tells you like what you did or like what you posted, um, however many years ago, two years ago in 2019, May 5th, Dallas, Texas, I was a uh, at game six in the second round versus the Dallas Stars, where the Blues won 4 1. And uh, freaking uh, Colton Pareko with that howitzer of a shot hit freaking uh, Ben Bishop on his collarbone and freaking collapsed and was collapsing on the ice, being like, Oh, my freaking collarbone. Um, it, was, it was such a memorable time. And I'm glad to, glad to say that I was, uh, I at least went to a playoff game, especially. Uh, part of the the playoffs uh that they went on to win the whole thing so uh i'm just saying with that the blues have won the cup every time i went to a playoff game so hey if anyone's trying to if the blues make the playoffs if anyone's trying to get me to the playoffs for a game you know so we can win the cup i'm just saying st louis blues you know how to find me I'm very, you know, you know, I try to, I try to put off that really try to be inaccessible, but for you guys, I'll be very, very accessible. I'll be so accessible for you. Come on. But all kidding aside though. Yeah. I'm hoping the blues, you know, can uh, muster up the, some wins to end the season or at least, you know, get some momentum to put, uh, fourth in those playoffs and they can do some good things but uh anyway uh that's been that and that's been this and that's been the bleed hockey podcast episode 72 and the next one i don't know uh if i was to guess on when i'll want to do another one of these it'll probably end up being either the 13th which will be the anniversary of the channel not the Bleed Hockey Podcast, but for the Easy Hockey Reviews branding. Or the following day on May 14th. So keep uh, keep your eyes peeled. But other than that, I'll catch you all in the next one. Thank you very much.